1: And we are back for another episode of Love Stinks, November 2020, where we're going to be talking about Richard Linklater's second film of the Before Trilogy, Before Sunset. Right, Sunset. Oh, man. uh, I don't know why I can't remember the order of those. I'm also thrown off by the the third one being a time and not something to do with the moon or sun or something. Um, But nonetheless, we're going to talk about the second one, this episode, Before Sunset. Uh, Neither Corey nor I had seen this uh, trilogy And it's been on my radar for a long time, so I forced her second pick this week to be the part of the trilogy so we could watch them in order. Um, I'm really excited to talk about it. Before we do that, we're going to start with um, how we've been doing and then what we've been watching since the last time we recorded. So, Corey, how are
0: you? Uh, Ready for the week to be over. Ready for spring. How are you?
1: Well, Corey, I had a a weird kind of week this week. Um. I don't even think I knew it when we recorded last week's episode, but Wednesday, November 11th was Veterans Day mm-hmm. and we were, we were off, but I didn't know oh. I had a day off coming, especially because who thinks you're going to be off on a Wednesday? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So it was really weird. And then in the middle of my day off on Wednesday, uh, tropical storm Edda is heading back towards us. And so they decided to cancel school for Thursday today when we are recording And so I ended up with a weird, like, where I went to work Monday, Tuesday. Then I was, like, legit off for two days. Not like working from home off, like I've had to do many other times, but, like, actually off. Granted, I still had to work both days, but that's, it's, like, work I would have done, like, after my normal work. You know what I'm saying? Like, grading stuff, things like that. I didn't have to, like, teach anybody for two days. And now I got to go back tomorrow and teach. And it's really messed up because Monday we had our odd classes, like, we normally do. Tuesday was even. Wednesday was going to be off. So Thursday was even and Friday was supposed to be odd. But now we lost our even day, our second even day for the week. And so I won't see my even classes at all. They're not, I thought we would end up with all six periods tomorrow and we're not because there's this like senior meeting thing planned. Um, and we wouldn't have the time to have the meeting if we were in class kind of thing. So um, it's, it's been a weird week. Like I, I don't feel like I'm supposed to go to work tomorrow. I feel like I'm on vacation and I'm not. Mm-hmm. And it's like really messing with my head. Um, and I, I was productive uh, yesterday a little bit, but I was very, very productive today. I got a lot done um, in a multitude of ways. I've watched a lot of movies slash documentary. Uh, I've watched a lot of documentaries, but I was also watching a very long and I'm not through yet uh, docu-series, which I'll talk about in a minute. Um, but I got everything graded that I needed to grade uh, and I'm planned for the rest of the pre-Thanksgiving break time. So I'm like, pretty much just ready for next week because next week uh we're we have five days but then we're on thanksgiving break the following week so it's like already (laughs) here um time is flying and um i wanted to record this episode even earlier because i really want to finish the trilogy and i don't want to watch the third movie until we've recorded because i I, i'm afraid i would like blur details or like you know want to talk about the other stuff and not the stuff from this movie so i haven't watched it yet but I did get uh, since we last recorded. I, I did get the Criterion Collection um, box set because I couldn't resist, and uh, it's sitting on my shelf. My blue my Criterion collection has grown extensively. It is now taking up half of a shelf of my Blu-rays, where it used to only be like this little like five or six. Now it's like half the shelf. Um, I think I'm over twenty Criterion's now, so uh, I'm I'm kind of you know like into uh, the whole Criterion thing. I've got one more coming. Because I have to get my uh, my ghost dog one hasn't arrived yet because Same. it doesn't come out officially till Tuesday. Did you get Mine's your already other shipped? Yours is already shipped? Oh I, just, yeah. I didn't check. Sh- oh crap. I just realized I have something in the mailbox. Shipped
0: uh today or yesterday. Yeah, I also bought the before trilogy and um I got Night of the Living Dead and then uh my inside Lou and Davis mm. came in. I That's feel just kind of regular.
1: Post. Poster for that one, right?
0: For Inside Lou and Davis? Yeah. No, it has a cool
1: oh, dang. like kind
0: of drawing gish one. It and the cats in it, of course, because you know. Yeah. Um, but I felt I've I've talked myself out of buying that one for probably as long as it came out on Criterion because I already have the Blu-ray. Yeah. You know, I, and I, I probably paid twenty that. bucks for it, but you know,
1: I bought it anyway i am i'm kind of like i'm getting into like i'm trying to buy like stuff that you can't easily get that is on um criterion too you know like i'm sorry not that it's easy to get because it's on Criterion. you can only get on criterion stuff like that that's what i really want to focus on with my collection from this point like ghost dog for example that you cannot get without shelling out a bunch of money because it's been out of print for so long um and so i am uh I, I'm eyeballing. There's this, I don't know. There, I feel like there's more visible this time on, on Barnes and Noble. Like, sometimes I, I feel like there's not that many to choose from, even. And now, like, this time I'm like, man, there's so many. Like, how did I not know all these existed? Mm-hmm. I don't know if they just have a better stock or if maybe their site's getting better at searching or something. Like, but so many movies. Um, yeah. I really want to get all the Wes Anderson movies because I love all the art on his his films.
0: Mm -hmm. um i just for oh um i have been kind of pulling back on buying them and like last time i didn't even really have a choice because i was gonna pick up a couple i was only able to get a portrait of a lady on fire um and this time there was no self-control and don't ask your friends to tell you not to buy things guys
1: i mean you know don't ask them the first one so much i figured it would be wrong for me to tell you not to get it it was on such a good sale yeah it really was 40 yeah that you had the coupon thing i see like i i I passed on buying do the right things i already have it on Mm blu-ray but now i having just like i've spent so much time with spike lee this year that like it's now one of like my favorite movies and i'm like yeah i really want the criterion now and so like i'm i'm like leaning back on it there's so many i want to own um, especially I, cause like physical media is just not as readily available. So I, I want to, Oh yeah. The Luland Davis box art is
0: awesome. Isn't it cool? I freaking love the cat. I, I just, that's my favorite Cohen movie. Like as soon as I saw it, I'm not as well versed in them as you are, but like it just spoke to me the first time and I fell in love with, you know, I just love the cast. I love everything about it. I love the soundtrack I don't know. I just think that it's fantastic.
1: And... yeah, it's a it's also my favorite going film. Um it's one of it's my favorite film of the 2010s. Um, mm. um uh, it's a movie that the more I go to it, the more I love it and I keep going back to it all the time. So getting that one on Criterion makes a lot of sense. Same thing um a movie that I'm going to talk about in a minute that I just rewatched for like I don't know the fourth time. Mm. Um, that I keep coming back to, and I'm, like, I'm looking, and apparently it's not on Criterion, and this very oh, much. Oh,
0: that's what I was going to say, is I wish that it was, like, I know that it's not a streaming service, of course, but I wish that they would, like, warn you which ones are going to go out of print, or you know, things like that, because they do, sometimes they lose the rights to them, and they don't print them anymore, and then there's, like, one Jim Jarmusch that might be a hard to get a hold of that I'm kind of interested in, but that I'm interested in, you know, and
1: I just, I don't know. Um, well, there is, the Criterion channel's back. Remember, it was, um I forgot what service it was originally called, but it was, we, we had it for a little while, but the Criterion channel, like, when that site went under, which I cannot remember for the life of me what that streaming service was called, Criterion did finally break away and have their own. I don't know, I've not used it i used it once um i did like the free trial for one of the movies we watched like last year um Hmm. the one i can't think what it was called but it was really good it was like a the guy loses his woman at the gas station movie vanishing that's it i used it to watch that um the original man what is that called
0: right i can't remember either but remember i was mad because they charged me twice it,
1: it double charged you yeah i totally remember that um but yeah well Apparently, that's why they went under. They were just ripping people off. Um, but yeah, Criterion Channel still, to my knowledge, is still available. And then there's HBO Max has a bunch of Criterion movies on it, though. Like Except, uh, like, or, I have Roku. I know. I don't understand that problem with it so far. Like, why that hasn't been resolved yet, because it's just been out for months. But uh, yeah, that's nuts. Um, I mean, you know. I, just I, know. I have so you... many streaming services, because, like, I have Xbox, and which I just found out today that Apple TV's streaming service apple tv is an app on xbox so like i can watch some of it because like there's a few things on it that i've been wanting to see there's a beastie boys documentary that i've heard is really really good Oh, um that so i might do the seven day free trial for apple tv and like binge like the stuff i want to see um uh, during thanksgiving break i think i'm gonna do that yes. that's my new plan but- um but that is i think <clears throat> a good segue into what we've been watching so Corey, what have you seen aside from before sunset since the last time we recorded
0: um, so thank you for the suggestion on The Wolf, Wolf of Snow Hollow.
1: Ooh.
0: I watched that. I thought it was really funny. Um, I also watched the Hulu original, The Book of Blood, which is a uh, anthology. Um, oh. I w- finished Fear of the Walking Dead. <clears throat> that is like it was one of the worst finales of a series ever. Like right up there with Dexter and Sopranos, um, and I mean, then it
1: the, the series had ended.
0: I, I hope that that was the end. If they they and it makes me mad because they had like so many episodes that were really good that they could have left off on and they just kept going. And I don't really know why or why I kept mm. watching. It's fine. Um, I watched a couple more episodes of Unsolved Mysteries, the new one, season two on uh, Netflix, and then. <laughs> spoiler but i watched before sunset twice
1: <laughs> oh yeah wow so it was short so it's right in your wheelhouse it's, only, it's not even yeah. 90 minutes, folks. no 81 it's 81 minutes, minutes.
0: yeah perfect but like sometimes when movies are too short they feel too short but it doesn't feel that way at all and bill watched it with me the second time and i was like you know full disclosure this is my second you know through of this so but yeah just love open him in
1: well yeah he watched the first one so i felt like he needed to watch the second one oh yeah is, like, there's questions after the I, first one
0: i purposely just like wait until i i just love watching movies in bed and he'll come in there with this computer and like play his game while i'm watching movie and you know like i just start playing movies i want him to watch with me it's fine
1: <laughs> i get it there I'm are worse things good. So, um, is that is that everything? Yes. So I've watched a lot. Um, I won't get into details for everything, but uh, I rewatched Peninsula. That's the sequel to Train to Busan, um, uh-huh. because that's what Matt and I recorded for BAMP, which our episode just dropped uh, the day that we're recording, which means a couple days ago for if you're listening to this episode. Um, so check out Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast review of Peninsula. Um, then uh, my favorite podcast to listen to, blank check, um, is in the middle of the Robert Zemeckis uh, filmography and. Uh, this week's this past week's episode was Contact. I mean, I hadn't seen Contact since it came out in theaters, and I didn't like it when it came out in theaters. So I wanted to rewatch it. I've been meaning to rewatch it for a while. I've heard some people really like that movie, and I wanted to see. Um, I do like it more now than when I when I was a kid, but I still it's not amazing. But it was I wanted to watch it before the podcast, so did that watch before sunset? Then uh, the movie that I was I was mentioning kind of elusively um, when referencing Jim Jarmusch's. I rewatched uh, Patterson. Mm-hmm. Um, which is one of my favorite Jarmusch films, if not my favorite Jarmusch film, it probably is my favorite Jarmusch film. Um, I I just it I was having like a really stressful day, and that movie just it's just the right vibe to me. Like it's it's the the score, and then the, the idea of like poetry, and he's going through like a bad day kind of thing. Um, and I don't know, I just I love the performances, I love everything about that movie, and so it's it's like my fourth watch. I really want to get it on Criterion. It does not appear to have been. Released as a Criterion Blu-ray. I mean, Uh, so I'm hoping they will, and it'll have like a really cool like poetry book or something on the.
0: That would be cool, and I mean, I feel like they've released just about every other one of his movies,
1: right? Which is why I'm like, um, come on, guys. I I mean, Uh, well, they don't have only lovers left alive, and or the dead don't die yet. But those, I mean, dead don't die just came out, so that's it. Although obviously, there's that's not a rule for Criterion, which we used to think it was, but when we first started recording this, but. Uh, we've seen many movies get immediate releases on including um parasite was released and then like re-released immediately like it was like released on regular blu-ray and then it was like oh no no no, wait until the criterion comes out I was like well i already bought it digital guys gotta be faster um but then uh so i'm still researching for movie astrology so i watched the love bug which is the original like disney's herbie the love bug but the original from 1968 oh. um ne- i've never seen that one before uh it's it's okay. It some of the some of the jokes are a little racist now. Um you know, cuz that happened, you know, characters, especially with Asian characters in like old movies, man. They are, they are mis misrepresented uh, a lot. Um then I watched uh, the musical Oliver also from 1968. Um I man, I like musicals uh, a lot more than I used to and I also didn't realize how many of the songs from Oliver I'd heard before. I'm pretty sure I did see it as a kid, and I had just, like, blocked it out. But uh, I also then realized while watching it that August Rush is totally just, like, a variation on Oliver Twist. And did never put that together beforehand. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen August Rush, but it's a movie that Kathy and I both liked for a little while there. So it it had, like, regular replay value in the house. Um, And then I went on a documentary binge. Uh, So I watched this new documentary called The Way I See It, which is on Peacock. Uh, which is the new NBC universal streaming service that's included with Xfinity internet. So that's why. And also there's a free version and a paid version. I believe the way I see it is on the free version. So you, anyone can watch it through the Peacock app, but it is um, a documentary about uh, Pete Souza, who is was the uh, chief. I'm sorry. His title is chief official white house photographer during both the president Reagan and president Obama eras. Um, and he is uh, it's it kind of tells his whole story of being that what, what photojournalism is what uh, what his role is in that in that office, and then um, how he's kind of he's gone away from traditional journalistic values of not it not showing your bias and has been very very critical of President Trump, um, and has how he's built a social media presence using his photography, um, and Instagram. And it is just such a compelling documentary. It's very, very well put together. It's super interesting. And um, it, it's, I don't know, I really like it. I do think, um, I don't feel like it itself is a criticism about our current administration, um, but that he is the, the subject and he has he is critical of the administration. But I don't feel like the documentary really sides with him necessarily, so like I don't. I think you can watch this even if you're a fan of Trump and still find some value in the documentary. Um, you might be upset and disagree with this guy's tactics, uh, but I think the overall kind of atmosphere of the documentary. And I didn't know this was a, a position until watching this. And as a journalism teacher, I found this documentary very, very compelling in that way uh, about the power of photojournalism and this guy. And that this is a career path that you could end up being like the chief photographer of a of the president you know um i mean obviously you see all these amazing pictures of like obama that this guy is taking but you don't you don't usually hear who took it you know you just see these cool pictures of like obama at this event or obama sitting on his desk and um i don't know i really think it's worth everybody's time if you uh, get a chance um then i watched uh this one i had been meaning to get to for a while but uh class action park is a documentary about Action Park um from New, New Jersey. It's on HBO. Uh, have you ever heard of Action Park? No. Man, you you definitely need HBO Max cuz this it's so worth watching cuz it's like I know, Corey, I'm sorry. It's crazy. <laughs> though because uh Action Park was like a water park in Jersey that was like super deadly and dangerous and like uh th- it, it's funny but then it's also like really crazy and tragic. It's a really well-made documentary. Um, you get to hear like some really good, like, uh, Chris Gethard is the, like, um, he's a talking head. They go to a lot. Cause he's from Jersey. and He's a comedian. So he has a lot, you know, he's, he's good at telling stories. And then, uh, John, John Hodgman is the, um, the narrator of the documentary, which I, I was like listening. And I'm like, is that John Hodgman? Like, I, I've never heard him do- like narrate a documentary. He's a actor slash comedian. I'm a big fan of, um, and, uh, but so that doc was super good. And then, um, Right after that, I, I finished up with uh, On the Record, which is another HBO Max. It was actually one of the debut uh, titles, but On the Record is um, the haunting story of music executive Drew Dixon as she grapples with her decision to become one of the first women of color in the wake of the Me Too movement to come forward and publicly accuse hip-hop mogul Russell Simmons of sexual mm. misconduct. And it's a really compelling documentary. It is both a uh, kind of um, expose meets uh, the music documentary, because it does deal with like her time as a music executive and it does it really well and you get some really cool like music like stories and stuff while also her going through this whole process and it it's compelling I cried several times um, I was mad several times Um, I definitely think it's worth watching I, I know there's I, I actually have not bothered to try to read anything but I would imagine there are some definitely like, controversial you know opinions on the doc but It's very, very well made. Um, It's definitely coming from one angle, and if you are of the opposing point of view, then you might not like it. But uh, I, I tend to, uh, I I always want to believe the victim. Um, And then the the last thing I've been watching all day, um, while working and stuff, uh, I started the ten hour documentary um series called uh the last dance which is about the chicago bulls in the in the 90s and it's really about michael jordan but it's more about the bulls like but it's jordan's kind of like the overarching like when he joins the bulls barkley's in it of course um why did are you like a barkley fan
0: yeah i i
1: loved both of them back then oh I I was a huge basketball fan and that's Same. it's been very like nostalgic. Uh, so it was on ESPN Plus, right? That's when it released, and I have ESPN Plus because of the Disney Plus package. So I went to watch it there, and I couldn't find it. Couldn't find it. And I'm like, i see what reminded me about it was a uh, Target has it on like a box set, and I was like, mm, I don't think I want to own that yet. I haven't seen it, so I went to like watch it on ESPN Plus. Couldn't find it. Found out it's on Netflix now. So. What? Yeah, I, I'm, I am 100% sure it was originally on ESPN. So, um, but I, I highly recommend uh, checking it out, especially, I, I didn't know that um, you were into it, but I am, I think I'm episode seven. So I'm pretty sure it's 10 hours. So it's like one hour episodes. Uh, and it's just been great on the background. And so much of it like is like memory for me because I remember watching like some of the, the playoff games and stuff. Uh, I was a big, especially like mid 90s. I was really, really into basketball, like hardcore into basketball. I was a big Magic fan, um, the, the team, not the event of Magic. Um, but it's really, really well made. They got so many great interviews and like some candid stuff, man. Um, and apparently like the, the last season of the Bulls, like when they win their, their sixth championship and they repeat for the, sec- uh, the second time, um, they, they had hired a film crew. So like they have all of that footage from that year. And then all of this, um, uh, like now, like recent interviews that they did with Jordan and they do stuff and like there's moments where they have uh, Jordan listen to like interviews that we're, we've are we already seen the interview, but like they're like, here, this is Isaiah Thomas talking about you. And he's just like the way he gets like frustrated listening to it or vice versa. There's a couple scenes where they're like, here's what Jordan said to like Phil Jackson, Scottie Pippen. And it's just like seeing them kind of react is really interesting because they're, you know, like they have history, but you can tell they haven't fully stayed in contact kind of thing um it's it's really really compelling definitely i mean this is i'm very late to the party everyone was praising this documentary like at the beginning of the pandemic um here i am hopefully towards the end of the pandemic going yeah yeah if you're if you still got 10 hours to sit in front of the tv here you go um but yeah that's that's what i've been watching so i've watched a lot but it, all like while multitasking for the most part with the exception of the movie that we're about to talk about
0: I want to say something. So when you first were talking about Action Park, I didn't know that you really meant deadly, like that people died.
1: Yes. You'll, I didn't know that when I – okay, so – Because I laughed. Right. Right, because it is it, – they presented as – no, you, you are completely fine in laughing for two reasons. Um, one, they presented as funny at first, and then the doc's going to curveball on you and talk about the deaths. Um, which is th- what's funny is I, I did what you do is I started it last night, but I, <laughs> I needed to go to bed. So I stopped. Right. Right. And I was, I drove Kathy to work this morning and on the way to taking her, I was telling her about the documentary and she's like, is that the place where everybody died? I'm like, no, no one died. Cause I hadn't got there yet. <laughs> so she spoiled Damn. it without meaning to like not knowing. Um, well, I mean, and... it's a, r- a real thing that happened. So right exactly it's not that's why i said it now because it's not technically a spoiler i just it's not i don't think most people knew how bad it was the, the only I've reason i was this even place, rem, me either the only reason i was remotely familiar with it was because johnny knoxville made a movie called action point i think two years ago um oh. that was kind of like inspired by action park and they recreate a lot of the dangerous rides from that theme park and in true jackass style do them um yeah. because you know And it was not a good movie. Um, I'm pretty sure I gave it quite a negative uh, review a few years ago. But um, when I heard about Class Action Park, I was like, wait a minute. Was the Johnny Knoxville movie based on something? Like, I just thought they were just being dumb jackass things. And they decided to put a story to it. Because the story that they're telling isn't the story of Action Park, which, like, I was fact-checking it today. I'm like, no, none of it, aside from, like, the idea of the park and then, like, the nature of the rides. There's no actual connection to, like, the people involved or anything, but... Um, but yeah, the doc, it gets serious, but no, I, I think there's, um, it starts off as like a nostalgia trip with a lot of like the, the talking heads, just talking about their experiences, like going and stuff. And then it gets into like the darker seedy underbelly. Um, it's a really well-structured documentary because you're, you're pulled in and you are laughing at some of the stories because the stories are ridiculous. Cause like, they're like, oh, you know, if you didn't get a scrape, people would call you a you know a wussy and they, they use much coarser language um you know and like you're they're laughing so you're laughing and then, and then they're like and people die you're like oh oh, oh no what and then and, you hear about it
0: and you know me like i'm not really scared of a lot and i would probably go on
1: stuff like that i don't know i'm just it was just I, I...
0: very sobering <laughs>
1: I am a uh, total opposite. I would never have gone on any of it. I would have been the person there, going, "What are do you doing? Don't ride that. That looks dangerous." And I would have been right. Um, <laughs> danger,
0: danger! Like, <laughs>
1: I don't know however, what my problem is. E- even the the thing is, and I don't, I don't want to spoil any of the documentary, but I'll say that as some of the rides are like obviously dangerous, but mm-hmm. one of the things where people died was the wave pool because of how just everything was like kind of haphazardly assembled. Like it, it's crazy. So. And, and I'm, I'm not mocking the people for dying in the wave pool. I'm mocking the fact no. that the place was so dangerous that even the wave pool wasn't safe. Like that's what I'm mocking. So yeah, that's so insane.
0: nuts. And I mean, we're from Florida. Like, I, I, you know, like theme parks are way of life.
1: Right. And that's actually they. I, I didn't know this, but apparently the city in Jersey where it where it takes place was like they were marketing it as like the next Orlando kind of thing. That's oh. what they were really pushing for.
0: And it's just called I mean, Action Park after the theme park, the documentary.
1: The class action park. Class action class park. action lawsuits. lawsuit class action part. Yeah, so it's it's a good it's a really good title to be honest. Like it, it's like they everything about the doc is like spot on.
0: Oh, it sounds very interesting.
1: Yeah, definitely worth if you can get HBO. uh Definitely worth watching. um
0: I wonder, can you rent it anywhere, or probably not, since it's on HBO.
1: Um probably not although not a hundred percent on that uh I, I definitely have not looked i i happen to have access to hbo so i just you know watched it there. but not to brag about my hbo max um to brag a little brag a little bit uh, let's get in to uh our well before our review let's take a quick break and when we come back we will get into our review of before sunset and we're back uh so we are going to be talking, uh, spoiler free to begin, and then we will give you plenty of notice that we're going to get into spoilers for Before Sunset from 2004, nine years after Before Sunrise, which we reviewed last week. So if you haven't heard that yet, check that episode out first. Um, this movie is very short, hour, 20 minutes, uh, nine years after Jesse and Celine first met, they encounter each other again on the French leg of Jesse's book tour. Richard Linklater directed, wrote with, uh, oh, apparently Julie Delpy has uh, screenplay credit. So does mm-hmm. Ethan Hawke, very cool. Um, and then stars uh, Ethan Hawke, Julie Delphi. There's other people, but let's be real; it's really these two. Like everyone else is only on screen to give us like Vernon Dobsch Dobchev is the bookstore manager, and then that's really it. Um, it's these two people talking for 81 minutes, pretty much. Um, it's it if if this had said written by Aaron Sorkin, I would have believed it, and that is not a criticism. I like Aaron Sorkin's uh, writing style, so. Um, this movie has a ninety on Metacritic and eight point one IMDb user score, so it's it's it has a pretty fair rating. Uh, people like it. Um, Corey, you watched it twice. This was your unofficial pick. I'm this is I think the first time ever. Arm. Yeah, that I've made you pick something. I've I've encouraged you to pick things in the past. I don't think I've ever made you pick something <laughs> until this time. Um, what did you think of Before Sunset?
0: Well, I mean, I watched it twice. I've never in the history of Movie Club watched the same movie twice in one week because I like it so much. Yeah. I I liked the first one, mm-hmm. but I loved this
1: one. What do you think uh, stood out differently?
0: Well, I thought... I mean, I don't want to... I feel like everything I might say is spoilers. Okay. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, talk, talk more, like, I guess, so, I um, I don't know where I fall yet. I do love, I love both movies, um, because, again, I think they've crafted these characters that it's hard to not root for. Um, I do want to, uh, so, the name of the series is Love Stinks, um, and the first movie, uh, we, I'm going to go ahead and spoil the first movie, listener, because we've already spoiled it in the episode, so we're assuming you're listening to these in order, so before sunrise, I'm going to spoil now but not sunset we're not spoiling sunset yet just spoiling sunrise at the end of sunrise we see why it fits into the love stinks category because they are clearly into each other they i think they even say they love each other even though they've only known each other for like 12 hours um or i guess 24 hours and they're but they have to split up and they they they're gonna meet in six months you know that's that's The only thing they have, they don't exchange phone numbers or addresses or anything. They're going to meet there at this train station in six months. Right. So love stinks because you're like, oh, there's no way that's going to work out. There's no way that's going to work out. There's too many variables, too many factors. And we made a a joke at the end of that episode that, well, clearly something goes wrong because (laughs) nine years goes by before this movie happens. And the premise is they encounter each other for the first time. So they didn't meet six months. So we didn't know why. And I don't. I don't know what when that would count as a spoiler not for sunset like what is the reason why like it it's kind of early in the movie when you get that reveal of what happened that like why they didn't meet up six months later um but at the same time i feel like that is such a spoiler because of how they lay it out in this movie so we won't say yet we'll keep that to ourselves in case you have not listened to before sunset but um i think part of the reason why you might like this one more and i'm only i'm only speculating obviously but uh ethan hawk has only gotten better over time. Like he was a good actor from the get go, but he is a much better actor as time has progressed. In my opinion, like Mm -hmm. I I would say a lot of his more recent movies, even he's, he's just continues to get good. I haven't got to watch his Showtime TV series, but I've heard great things about that. Um, And I think his character in before sunrise is good. I, I like that character. Obviously that's why we like the movie. Um, because it is if you don't like these characters you will not like these movies it's this is a character piece in every way um but i really like Jesse in this movie like i liked him a lot like he's just so much more natural in yes. this this one it doesn't feel like a performance or like he's trying to be a guy which i think works in sunrise though because i think it is a performance because he's talking to a pretty girl he's never met and he's trying to like look how cool i Luger. am you know what i'm saying like I think it fits as a performance there here. It's supposed to be more natural. There's still that awkwardness because like it's been nine years. We haven't spoken, but I will never forget. And obviously there's other little details, which again, I don't know what you would count as a spoiler. Um, See, I, I, it's hard. It is hard, but I do. Uh, I really like both the performances. I think um, the dialogue at times feels more improvised than written, which is probably true um and sometimes that it works and sometimes i find it a little irritating that's just that's me with dialogue like i don't like it when it (laughs) i I don't like it when it feels like they're trying to yes and like when i can see the the them kind of like i don't know what to say so i'm just gonna keep going kind of thing um and i i could be wrong that could have been written that way and maybe i was just like uh calm down it was mostly celine that was doing that too um where she felt a little more manic than I thought she was in the first movie. Uh, but not in a negative way. Again, nine years has passed. I expect them to change. Um, I, I adore this story. There's a moment uh, that if you follow Corey on Twitter, she t- kind of did spoil. Um, <laughs>
0: I'm sorry.
1: But it's the moment that when it happened in the film, I was uh, like, well, 100% sold. I was already on board. that That <sighs> moment, this gesture... Um, which I assumed when I was watching, I like, that's going to, because it reminded me again, I keep bringing up five to seven, um, because that's a a movie Corey got me to watch that shattered me as much as it shattered her. Um, and I feel like this scene that I'm referring to without saying probably had the same impact on Corey, uh, that it had on me as far as the emotions just like boiling over. Um, I, I mean, we've been putting this off. I was impressed to find out. That we both not watched this trilogy, this that felt like such a for me, it felt like such a gap, because in the circles of movie like nerds that I, I follow on like po- you know Twitter and, and uh, podcasts I listen to, this trilogy is beloved by many of those people. But yet I've realized m- most people don't know about this set of movies. <laughs> like um, I've mentioned to a few like more casual film fans, and not even necessarily film fans, just casual movie goer kind of thing, and they're like, "What is it?" I'm like, "Okay." But the shocker for me was, uh, Big Tuna has not seen this trilogy, and I was I was a little surprised because he is he is a Linklater fan, and he's seen a few other of the other ones that I have not seen. Um, but he doesn't like Boyhood, which I know you and I disagree with that wholeheartedly. Uh, we're a big fan well, of Boyhood.
0: I would say to go back to it later when you're a little bit older, not to be that
1: person, but you no, know, I. I could totally agree, and he he also saw it in 2014, mm. um, and so he was even younger then. So yeah, I, I agree with that um a lot. Plus, I do I found that same issue with eighth grade. A lot of um, I loved eighth grade. A lot of people I in that age range, like my daughter, only kind of liked it.
0: No, like I
1: think I think sometimes. Well, maybe it's like it's too much, like looking in the mirror. You know what I'm saying? Like
0: that's fair. Or, that because I can remember like. I do want to I can I can totally appreciate that because you know like I watch these movies of these young girls and they're awkward and they're all of these things that I was but they have so much self-confidence you know mm-hmm. it, it's just like it's refreshing but it does kind of remind you of you being that age mm-hmm. so I can I can but- I see what you're saying
1: yeah no um and like I, I don't i don't think i would have liked before sunrise um if i'd seen it in 94 for sure, or uh, what year 95 95 oh i would um, have maybe so would you yeah yeah i i would not have enjoyed it um sunset i may have but then again i was like i i think i was in my like uppity college mindset where i'm like you know i probably would have been like oh also uh, i hate i hate admitting to like being a, the guy at one point that was like chick flicks and stuff like that but i was trying to be like I was trying to be masculine you know which was a big early 2000s kind of macho mindset that you had to be if you were a guy you couldn't be sensitive i'm clearly not that anymore right like i talk about crying all the time so i i've very much come to terms with that but in early 2000s i was definitely that guy trying to be you know cool and whatever um regrets i have many regrets about young stupid me so you know um, I'm glad I waited to to see these movies. I am very, very excited to finish this. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to go back through the box set now and watch the the commentary it's, um, yeah. or, or the making of's.
0: Because we've talked about that. I feel like, because on the first one, they definitely helped with like dialogue and I think the screenplay may be uh, Delpy and Hawk, but I don't think they could be credited because of something I read. They wouldn't have gotten funding or something. But I feel like it would just be so cool. And I'm not always compelled to watch like the extra special features on my Criterion, which I know that's why, you know, like fifty yeah. percent of why you buy it. But I am for this series. Yeah.
1: Yeah, me too. Um, I I'm I'm very because again, um, the the hype behind this was big for me. Like I do Had you had any like hype about this aside from me telling you it was supposed to be really good? Well, I've known about them because Ethan mm-hmm. Hawke, but.
0: I don't know if I, no one's ever talked to me about them besides you.
1: See, I think We're I, in Saps, my head, though. we are, and I think I, in my head though, had made them a bigger deal for like the general movie going population because my circle for a long time was very much an echo chamber of other film critics. Like it was always like, I was listening to like slash film cast who have raved about this. Um, I'm pretty sure battleship pretension is a big fan of this uh, trilogy. Um, I listen to comedy film nerds. I don't think ever talked about it. I don't listen to them anymore. Cause I no offense to them, but I kind of outgrew them. Um, they feel like more, much more casual movie goers than, than I put myself into. Um, but, and then Matt's a big fan of this trilogy as well. Um, I knew we were friends so, with that
0: guy for some reason. No, I'm kidding.
1: <laughs> so many reasons. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I am. I'm so glad to have finally watched the first two. I am. I can't, I will probably watch the third one. Um, well, i would i would watched it uh tomorrow but i have D tomorrow so i probably won't watch it till saturday or sunday but i'm definitely watching it way earlier like normally for movie club i watch like tuesday or wednesday because i try to do it close to the recording mm-hmm. But i just want to i want to finish it i want to watch the third one um i wanted to watch the third one i would have watched it two days ago if we recorded earlier like i'm so ready to finish the trilogy and in a good way it's not like i'm ready to finish i just like i gotta see what happens um i'm so i'm so excited um so, I think with that, let's get into spoilers for uh, Before Sunset.
0: Guys, from here on out, we're going to talk about this movie in great detail. You have been warned.
1: So, the moment. <laughs> They're in the car. <sighs> he's confessing. I think he's confessing his love for her, right? Like, And she—he he's he never looking just away, says it. And she reaches out to... Con- oh, I know, but she reaches out to console him. And then she pulls her hand back and you're like, oh, she loves him too. She loves him so much. I think maybe he was complaining about his wife at that point or something like the marriage, not being happy. Uh, There's a lot of talking in this movie. Like it's 90% talking. Um, And I'm not complaining. It's just, there's a lot of story. Like there's so much exposition and it is Ah. it's them moving through Paris. Um, uh, It's it's okay. I guess let's start at the beginning, the book. He wrote the book about his encounter with her in the first movie. So before sunrise, is the book right like is is it called the book of love
0: no but it made me think of that oh. song
1: Ah, um i was like i don't remember what the book was called i assume it was called before sunrise to be honest but uh so we find uh, he wrote a book about that um she shows up because she's read the book which is you're kind of like oh my gosh you read the book and then and it's like but you're also like oh but she also showed up so is she there to be mad and there's a little bit of like tension but she doesn't come swinging out the out the gate or whatever um but then we do I love that he tries to lie that he didn't come,
0: yes, and, and I believed him at first,
1: she, I did too, but like I was waiting for his explanation, yeah because she's like, well what wait a minute what where are you and you come it was like I didn't come because my grandma died and that he like caves he's like, no, I, I was there and she, like he said he put up posters like like I'm here, I'm at this hotel or whatever like oh man, how sad you have to be right like after that like you go there. You spend so much money, and then she doesn't show up.
0: Yeah. Ouch. Um, I was thinking how cool, too, it would be that he was in that bookstore, and he's talking about the book, and all these people, I thought that they were just fans, but at the end, they're all credited as journalists. Mm-hmm. Um, but they had no idea. They're asking all these really good questions about the book, and she's in the bookstore
1: yep you yeah, know and then the, he he goes walking with her like through the town afterwards like if they were really wanting to they could have got some really good journalistic stuff
0: yeah so i know the movie's not long but like the day that i put it on and watched it i had a very long day <laughs> like a very long day and i just wanted to watch a little bit of something to like chill and I just couldn't stop. I because we it was late when I started it, so I was only expecting like twenty or thirty minutes. Um, but I couldn't stop watching it. And then it was like twelve thirty or one. And
1: I mean, I I don't know that there would be a good stopping point. No, because you know I mean? like it's just like they're walking and talking. And like I guess you could try to like, okay, they're getting off the boat now, so let's stop this and we'll, no. we'll pick up when they're in the car. Because um, ugh.
0: um, yeah. I, I just, I loved everything about it. I didn't, none of their, like, none of their conversation was off-putting to me, or, like, didn't, I felt like this movie was so much more natural. I felt like, you know, they're older, and they're more confident and comfortable in themselves, and, um, I I thought it was funny that they were, like, opposite, you know, because she, like, used to be very, um more positive and he was more cynical and now it's like opposite and i just feel like him being in her presence kind of might have made him even more you know um positive like i loved what he said about like getting older and everything seems so much more immediate because we're a little bit older than they are in the movie and i can just totally Mm -hmm. i feel that
1: did you um notice the wedding ring right from the get-go because like no, i totally did like i did I, I immediately was like he's wearing a ring he's wearing a ring why isn't she asking about the ring and when she finally asked i'm like what took you so long to ask like i immediately saw i'm like he has a wedding ring on nope. and then i was like so focused on that for like a long time I'm like when's he gonna talk about the fact that he's married and then it finally comes up i'm like yeah i've been waiting it, um I, I did i i pay attention to those uh little stupid details like that because i get real hyper focused on certain things and that was like i caught the glint caught my eye not um, until they were sitting on the bench when' the, it,
0: like link later made it a point
1: you know i think um i think he I, I think she she starts really early talking about her boyfriend or whatever doesn't she um i mean before she brings him up before the marriage is ever brought up but i can't remember if that's like early because i think something made me look to see if he was wearing a ring because something she had said I was like I wonder if he's married and I was like oh he has a ring um, and then I'm like doing the thing where I'm like looking at my hands like that's the left hand right like okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> I um totally didn't notice uh, but so that I, I was I was wondering um because again coming back to the theme I would say that's where love stinks this time right like one that he he showed up and she didn't show up. So Love Stinks... Can, the continuation of Sunrise's Love Stinks is that. Then the fact that now she's sought him out, but he's married. And then we hear about his marriage. And it's un, it's not a bad marriage, but it's not a good marriage. There's Clearly, there's not a lot of love. It's They're basically staying together because he has a son. Um, who he sounds like he's a good dad. But I at the same time was wondering like how you were going to respond uh, to him. Essentially, like cheating even though we don't know for sure that he cheats i'm pretty sure he does entirely yeah <laughs> but he's definitely trying from the get-go right like he well... tries to get her to sit on his lap at one point and like he makes a comment about like having there's sex, lots like... of also, conversation about can i that? ask a question oh god yes i i don't know if i zoned out in sunrise i did not realize they had sex oh yeah in the park but it's not visible, right? Like No, but
0: we just... No, because at first she's talking about she doesn't want to, and then she says that she does. And then the way it. they break away.
1: Okay, because I, I, I was, was like... They're like, we did it twice. I'm like,
0: where Okay, I didn't I? know what? about twice, but definitely that it happened.
1: Yeah, well, she says... they They say twice in this movie, but... Yeah, and she um, says
0: that she knew she wanted, you know... I don't know. Didn't she say yeah. she knew she wanted to sleep with them as soon as she got off the From
1: the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like their 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 chemistry was uh, so lightning. I
0: have a I have a like a, a minor moral dilemma because obviously they're, you know, not real characters. They're not real people. Um and I feel like I should have been mad that he was cheating on his wife, but I just want them to be together.
1: I think the movie sets it up to give you that because it's like, well, the reality is he shouldn't be with the wife because Celine they were supposed up. to get together six months, yeah, six months after the first movie, and only because of a, I mean, I hope we don't find out that she lied about her grandma being dead or something. But like assuming that that, that is so. all true, I don't either. I don't either, especially because we get a picture of grandma later, so like it, it, really like hits home. Yeah. Also, I, I love the callback that that's she was coming home from seeing her grandma in the first movie when he meets her on the train. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when she mentions it, he's like, Oh, the one from, and she's like, wow, you remember that. And I, I appreciated all the little details that he remembered and how he's, he's unabashedly in love with her. Like even you can tell even from the the fact that she's there. Um,
0: I love when he pauses, when he first sees her like mid conversation,
1: Oh yeah, totally. God, I 100 percent get that. uh it, it's it's hard not to be with this movie. Like again, I if you don't like the characters, I can see you not liking this movie. But man, if you are on board with these characters, it is so awesome. Like everything about like you want them to be together. Like you said, I I have a I have an issue. Like well, you're you're married, but you're just like yeah. But it's Celine, man. It's Celine. Like you know, um, it's. I don't know it's it's funny to me in a lot of ways because like i know that like kevin smith um was heavily influenced by slackers which is link later's like debut film to make clerks and he makes clerks and in clerks um dante is is up against that same thing where he's in a really good relationship with the girl who is treats him well and brings him lasagna which is a, a pointed statement that kevin smith's character delivers even but the uh he's still in love with this other girl that he's always been in love with like the in his eyes is the one and like I, and here is in the Linklater film. And again, obviously, that's a it's a concept that's in all sorts of love stories, right? The idea of the one. and um, I, don't always, I don't always buy into that. But man, does this movie make me buy into it with these two. Like, you're like, no, no, no. These two are great. It, it, I, uh, go ahead.
0: And she says, like, so many times that they would hate each other and blah, 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 blah. But I don't really... I don't think so. Because I could see them, like, being best friends. And... Like having- I feel
1: like that's her trying to convince them both that they don't, they like. I think the assumption is that they can't be together, right? Like that he's married, she's in a relationship, and so like but by even saying in the things first like one. that you're. Oh, well, yeah, but then they're young kids speculating. You know what I'm saying? Oh my like
0: gosh, that. live with with live with abandon.
1: But it's scary, I I totally get that. Like the idea, like I'm. I'm constantly worried about stuff like that, like with my own kid, you know, like, I don't want her to, to like, don't commit too hard. Don't, you know, like to anything, like to like, uh, you don't know what you're going to do yet. You don't know, um, keep an open mind and be willing to, to make decisions. But it's like, at some point you have to, you have to make a decision and there is a chance it's going to be wrong. Cause that's the thing. If you always wait until, you know, for sure, you're never going to get anything because you don't, nothing's for sure. Right. Like that's the whole idea of, of life in general is that there's no guarantees you have to take chances and hope that they play out well or if they don't that you can recover from it whether it's a breakup or or whatever. Um I just But I still still feel that way. I still get that apprehension.
0: I I just feel like to be in love with someone <laughs> and waste so much time mm. is a tragedy.
1: Like well, I I guess, to, to be fair, they didn't waste it on purpose. They, they, the big mistake they made is not getting phone numbers, right? Because like, then there was no way to, to, like, the odds of, he essentially, you have to assume he wrote, I think he says something along the lines that he wrote the book hoping she would read it. Mm-hmm. And that they would find each other. And, oh, my God, the New York story is the most heartbreaking story, right? That yes. She's living in New York. And he's like, I was living in New York. And And he thought I I saw you on his wedding day. Oh, God! It's such a gut punch.
0: And can you imagine, like, get going on your way to be married, and you are thinking
1: about someone else that, and you, of course, he talks himself out of it too, thinking like, no, that's just the nerves are talking, right? Like the I'm I'm think I think I saw her because I wanted to see her, but it was probably her you know like oh yeah she man. lived
0: two streets down same same you know
1: mhm uh 42nd and broadway i've been on that um or maybe 13th and broadway
0: broadway and then i think the deli was on 11th
1: i've walked broadway a lot that was that's a that's a main road in um in new york
0: mm. um i i think that they have so much chemistry like even the way she like directs him through the streets to the cafe is so natural she like touches him and like this way this way you know um the only thing mm-hmm. that did seem weird to me was when both of them were smoking like in the cafe yeah like neither of them seemed comfortable with it or like it was like they mm. weren't coughing or anything but I grew up with a bunch of chain smokers you know what i mean like it just seemed mm-hmm. awkward to me
1: i it it felt awkward but i think To me, the awkwardness wasn't them smoking as much as, like, him borrowing her cigarette and then asking for his own, like, cigarette. It was, like, you know, like, feeling out, like, what's the appropriate action? Like, do we share a cigarette or do I need to get my own cigarette? Um, Because I feel like sharing a cigarette is is more intimate Mm -hmm. than asking for one. So I feel like that's kind of that where are we, what is happening kind of thing, maybe. Maybe, I don't know. It it, it did feel awkward.
0: I didn't think about it that way um
1: i I didn't until now, but because I, I, I also thought the scene was weird, but I like trying to think is the way like'cause he t- he borrows it, and then obviously you could also argue simply that he he didn't know he wanted a full cigarette till he had the first hit of her cigarette, and then he's like, mm, man, that I'm in smoky Paris why not? <laughs> yeah, Did um, the,
0: I got so I got so sad watching the cafe scene because I just miss normal life. Uh, Like, I've watched so many movies and, like, all kinds, TV and everything, but for some reason that scene is the one that, like, hit me. Like, I know that we're still in the middle of a pandemic, people. I'm not going to a bustling cafe. I just miss it.
1: Yeah, no, I I wish we had more, like, in in our area that we had, like, little cafes and not just Starbucks. Mm -hmm. Um, Not that I don't love a good Starbucks, but I would prefer going to, like, a, a nice little you know intimate cafe um and especially if they have like you know really good coffee uh there's one or two in lakeland but like that's that's far and lakeland's nuts right now um what but uh uh it's there's so many people Corey. like i had such a nightmare day yesterday Oy. going to lakeland with uh kathy but um but yeah uh i i I mean, there's not much else to say about the movie because I... it is basically what we've just described. But it's it's wonderful. It's so exciting to see where this is going to go. I am nervous.
0: <sighs> I might hate you after the next one. I guess we'll just have to well, see.
1: Can I tell you what I thought the movies were? I I thought before sunrise was uh, them getting married, and then I thought sunset was like a divorce. Okay. And then midnight was like them getting back together. So I was—I don't know where I came up with that setup in my head, but like I was convinced that was the structure of these three films. Um, so I was way off with oh. the first two. Um, you know, because I was at least under the impression they'd been married for nine years, and they were—they are not oh, at all. We wish so, but so I guess we should mention the endings. I have two things I actually want to bring up about the ending. One, what artist is she talking about having seen in concerts? Because I cannot. Make out what she says. What? So they're listening to an album. Nina Simone. And she's... Who?
0: It's Nina Simone.
1: Okay. So I think I, we I need to pause. I'm having... And I
0: can't... Is under... that actually... I can't understand what you're saying. It's breaking up really bad.
1: I see. That's weird how it waits till the end of the episode to do that. Yeah, now it's... Is it still. Fine. Okay. I can deal with fine. Um, so I I could not understand, like, who they said. But then um, I also the, – the song that's playing doesn't sound like a woman singing. And it was really throwing me off.
0: I'm not very – I'm not well-versed in Nina Simone. I just have heard, like, a handful of songs and, you know, just know of her and, like – have read a little bit about her, um, but yeah, she her voice is very different.
1: Interesting, yeah. I, I don't think I've ever listened to her. There is a documentary on Netflix about her called "What Happened, Miss Simone." So Simone. That I remember hearing about. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to maybe check that out because I was like not. Familiar with that, and then like the way they were talking was, I'm like, I don't know who they're talking about, but um, I really like that whole scene. But then the ending, when she says, Uh, <laughs> you're gonna miss your, your flight, baby, <laughs> and he's like, I uh, I know. Oh, this, like, mm-hmm. I well, I when she first said it, I was just like, Is she like warning him? and then I'm like, No, I think she's telling him that he's gonna miss his flight you know what i mean like you're you're not you're not leaving i think like you you know what i'm saying like i don't think that was her warning him at that point i think it was basically her like telling him that you're not going anywhere yeah and him like i know
0: uh and i'm like looking at the lyrics like i could hear some of them while the movie was playing and also i i watch all movies with you know subtitles sorry uh but Um, It's called Just in Time, and I guess it was originally a Dean Martin song, maybe? Maybe. It looks like Frank Sinatra Tony Bennett, and it makes sense for this movie a lot. Um, Oh. Makes it a little more heartbreaking, actually. But um, I love, though, I want to back up a little bit. Like, when they get there, she says that they're having a little party, like her neighbors and stuff, and she lives in this beautiful apartment building, and also she loves her cat, and I love cats, so. Um, But Mm -hmm. I just imagine that they have sex, and then they go down to the party and sit and laugh and eat delicious food. You know, like, because I feel like people coming into your home that's that's intimate like i don't know i sound cheesy right now but anyway
1: yeah no i get it um yeah i i I think it ends on a really cool cliffhanger and now the big question is what happens nine years later uh they're in greece why are they in greece oh god i was
0: wondering what city we were going to be in because i knew it was going to be a different one and i haven't read anything about it
1: oh i'm sorry no um, it's fine it's it's in the synopsis that's the only reason i know uh but i noticed another pattern um i am a big fan of the of a film series called the trip and there are four of the trips i haven't watched the most recent one what? but uh it's steve coogan and um i'm gonna forget the other guy's name oh it's right there on the tip of my tongue too it's like right there. but uh they are um they're framed it's it's steve coogan is playing himself and so is the other guy whose name I cannot remember. oh the life of me. i know what you're talking about now and they go on like a tour a first one's in you in england and they go like they, it's like a food tour the premise is that they're going to like all these restaurants and writing like an essay piece about the different food but it very much reminds me now that of this trilogy because it's each one's in a different city because like we were in vienna for the first film we're in paris for this film and then we're in Greece, which I, I, don't, I don't know which city, to be honest. I just know that we're in Greece. It could be Athens. It could be other cities that I don't know the names of. I hope it's probably. Um, I, I, maybe. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't feel like quite the romantic getaway. Um, <laughs> Good but,
0: people and ashes. Uh,
1: that was insensitive. But we don't know why they're they're in Greece. We don't know how their relationship has been. All we know is that they leave here, <sighs> but you he still have to get a divorce, you know they they have to decide who's going to move where you know like are, is he going to move to to europe is she going to move to america she's already lived in america before so maybe more inclined to do that a lot a lot of questions but we don't have answers yet so when we come back in oh, nine years I mean, we're going to record the next episode no idiot
0: pompeii is in italy guys you ignore me ah, i'm fired to be
1: fair, i did not correct you so i had no <laughs> idea <laughs> so-
0: i'm so bad with geography <laughs>
1: yeah i i am bad with both history and geography so oh god uh, i know i know i know what happened to Pompeii. In sense and sense of direction what i knew it was i knew it was over there somewhere yeah. just um, i hope to take a trip I, one day I, I hope they end up in the right place. anyways that's our review of before sunset there's no doubt that our both of us are giving this a must-see um the trilogy so far has a must-see let's hope he sticks the landing um otherwise we'll be probably upset that we bought the box <laughs> um Might have to tag him on twitter <laughs> uh not to promote the criterion box set, but if you are not familiar with the criterion sale uh barnes and noble has uh, all criterion blu-rays and dvds are 50 off which usually you can find them at other retailers that maybe have them at the same price point give or take a couple dollars um but i think they offer free shipping if you spend so much 40 and i was impressed i got mine if 40 and i got mine in two days like i was mm-hmm. really shocked that mine came so fast um and, uh, the before trilogy is three movies for 50 bucks in a really cool box set. Um, I do wish they were hard plastic instead of the paper sleeves, uh, for like the actual movies, but it's still, it's really, I really like the artwork on the individual movies. Um,
0: I just got mine today. I haven't it, even
1: opened it. Oh, I, I had to open mine immediately. Um, but anyways, we, we both are big fans of this, uh, the first two films so far. Uh, we're we're very excited to finish the trilogy with you next week, listeners, as we watch Before Midnight uh, from 2013, um, a movie I've owned for a few years and will finally get to watch. Um, that said, if you like what we're doing here, we ask that you follow us on social media. I'm at Burke Reviews and Corey. At Corey R-Star, two R's on the end. And uh, if you like the show, if you'll take a few minutes of your time on whatever podcatcher you use to rate and review us, it helps other people find the show um and you know hopefully it will help spread the word about this trilogy that maybe not everyone knows about but if you like romance at all is a must watch um, that said thank you for listening keep safe and most importantly keep watching movies this has been a berk reviews podcast berk reviews.com